Welcome everybody, my name is Pav Bryan, I'm co-founder and performance director here at Spokes and you're listening to Bespoke, the podcast for cycling and training performance. Today I am blessed to have with me Chris Drush who has become a great friend and uh, supporter and uh, uh, I'm delighted to be able to speak to him and bring you some tips on how cycling can uh, help mentality and improve mental health problems and we're going to go through all of the ins and outs of Route 66, my not so successful attempt uh, last last year and uh, what we're going to do in terms of uh, correcting that for next year and uh, we can take this as a official launch of uh, Route 66.2 and uh, how are you doing Chris? Good, how are you doing Pav? I saw that you just, how are you back in the States now or are you still overseas? I, I am back in the States, yeah, no, I uh, landed Thursday, so I'm just at the better end of recovering from jet lag, but yeah, we uh, <laughs> we very much missed it, obviously missed the fourth, which is a, a big thing a big thing for you guys, So, um, but very happy to be back and, uh, and settled, so uh, looking forward to getting some consistent training done as I, as I start my, uh, my road to the road, I guess it is, the mother road, road to the mother road. <laughs> road to the mother road. <laughs> or Awesome. So, um, yeah, like I, like I said, for the listeners, I want the, the end result to be something that they can take away and they can say um, maybe a little action plan if they ever feel like uh, people out there are depressed, having a bad day, what cycling can do. Because I know that you and I both share some uh, some strong uh, similarities in terms of this and uh, and we both have got some really good action points that we can give to the to the uh, the listener as we uh, at the end of this podcast but but first let's give some background I mean who are you Chris and how did we meet um well like you said my name is Chris Drush um, I spent 20 years in the Navy uh, after that moved to Las Vegas and became basically the maintenance manager at a Ford dealership where you bought your Mustang at, by the way. Um, and so I gained a lot of weight. I was struggling um, with a lot of mental things, small mental things. And I wanted to basically change uh, my attitude. I wanted to get some weight loss. I needed to find a challenge in my life. I, I swam through college, uh, you know, always had a coach. So uh, doing the athletic thing by myself was a little struggle. So one day I was just looking on the internet uh, and I just Googled cycling coaches uh, and your um, name popped up and your old uh, website popped up. And what really struck me was this was a man who had challenges in his life, overcame these challenges and is very successful um, cyclist. And even more than that was your ability to relate and be comforting and helpful at the same time. Um, comforting in the fact that you were a strong individual now. Um, and it made me feel like this is the right guy to push me through my depression um, and get me on the right track to better myself uh, and ultimately, you know, help my depression and set some goals in my life. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. Um, it's actually really humbling to sort of hear that. That's, uh, it's incredible. I, I guess uh, uh, for, for the listeners who, uh, who weren't aware that, uh, that my backstory was, um, is that uh, I was, uh, grew up with a, a sort of myriad of uh, different 
mental health problems and uh, for quite a while really suffered with depression and anxiety and uh, and uh, and some sort of like uh, I, won't, I won't say violent but but sort of those types of tendencies to outburst and really struggle and um, that sort of exasperated self in uh, in one uh, pretty nasty incident which left me uh left me sort of uh, voluntarily sectioned uh, in, in a mental hospital which is a uh, was my rock bottom and uh you know the good thing about rock bottom is is that the only way is up from there and uh, uh that was many years ago and uh, now yeah like i say if, uh, um it's, it's not easy every day it's not easy no. but, uh, no. but 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 like you say <laughs> i've i've worked really hard to improve myself work on myself built built that support network around me and cycling was a really really big thing for me something that um i did as a child not not obviously on the levels that uh, some people did and i think that a lot of people will agree with me when we said that if uh, if we had like especially in the uk the the british cycling go ride system there'd probably be a a, a heck of a lot of more people sitting like me now who could actually say that we had a very good shot of being pro if not pro but uh obviously that's the thing and then adulting came in and uh and then as i said all of the the, the problems that i suffered with uh were, were exasperated and uh here i am a long time later now cycling again and i can i can honestly say that cycling is has really probably saved my life and and turned a, a few addictions that i had as well into into more positive addictions let's say that um so yeah i mean it's it's, it's really really nice to to hear that story and why why you you became a client and i, I just to reiterate that i think we you and I have become very close friends and uh, uh, we probably don't see each other enough. Just before we started recording the podcast, we said it's been a long time, didn't we? And, and it's funny because we're only really four or five hours away by car and yeah. it's like an hour yeah. plane journey, isn't it? So we should we should make the effort. <laughs> we should, we should. Um, but uh, anyway, so we're talking about how, how, we, um, how we physically met. We were obviously, we met at um, uh, Tour de Big Bear, um, one of my preparation races for Route 66. And... Um, one of the things that really struck me about you, and this is, um, it's just your generosity and your kindness. Uh, and you, you really supported me throughout the whole, uh, the whole of the Route 66. But you, you, you were there. You, you are our biggest single benefactor. Obviously, part of your your mum, your your late mum, obviously bless her up, was a a big part of that for for what what um for for the donation and uh, uh and it very much like dear to my heart now chris because of uh, everything that you sort of gave up and sacrificed especially as uh, for the people that don't know much about route 66 one of the biggest problems we had in the sort of two weeks leading into it was uh, uh my father was uh re-diagnosed i guess we say it with cancer and, and a potential heart problem and that meant that he couldn't come out nor could my mum and support so you selflessly uh gave up uh some well you you went you came you you got time off work unpaid to come and uh, and help support right. so uh, that was uh, that was an incredible gesture and uh, and we we obviously became very close over the over the course of the sort of the nine days that we actually that I was riding a bike and then the few days either side and but why did you choose to do that I guess what was the the motivation behind supporting our route 66 attempt well um I remember you posting it on Facebook um, that you were going to do this. And I remember giving, getting this feeling of, wow, this is, this is cool. I could be a part of this man breaking a world record. And it's not every day that people break world records. I mean, you and you know how hard it is to get Guinness to comply and all the things and the GPS and, you know, the specific route and all this other kind of stuff. Um, and I've, 
always had that, you know, feel of wanting to be part of something bigger. So when you said, you know, you were, you're, you know, donating or, you know, raising money for your charity, you know, which was the um, mental illness and I, I forget the acronym of the it one was, here in the United States. NAMI was the one. Um. Okay. Um, <laughs> but I thought, wow, this is a great way to bring awareness to people with struggles. And, you know, even the, the little struggles that we have in life, you know, every day I struggle with, you know, weight and, you know, and, and part of that's depression and all this other kind of stuff. But what better way to get the money into these people's hands to help with situations and help us be better people, you know? So it was the, it was the big goal of, wow, we could break a world record, but not only that, we could raise money to help people like us. That's why I got on board. Yeah, absolutely. Well said, Chris. I mean, that it's, I, I think that while I, I, like you, we're probably never, never going to have that sort of perfect or, or quote normal uh, sort of mental health state we we're probably both strong enough uh, for for the problems and the struggles that we've been through to be able to recognize when when there's a good time to give back and I think that that's something that I I'm really passionate about and that's um, giving back to people who are un, unfortunate enough not to not to have that support network or have the money for good nutrition or therapists or anything like that it's all of these things are really crucial to uh to sort of stable mental health and uh nami and uh is the u.s uh charity we we, we raise money for and mind was the uk version or the, the uk equivalent in uh, both charities we spent a long time picking out those charities because we wanted to make sure that the the vast majority of everybody's um everybody's uh donations went to both charities and and as such obviously everybody's donation did go to the charities there was uh absolutely nothing taken out by uh by myself or any of the the route 66 support teams that was all self-funded and obviously generous donations by yourself and uh and then we had like thomas louise and alan who came and donated their time and everything and uh and that was how we did it and it was just unfortunate that we didn't we didn't make it <laughs> but but we did raise, I think, about ten thousand dollars for charity, and uh, right. and we had we had over a million people tune in, and uh, at some point, and um, a lot of those obviously were well wishes and uh, engaged or and, and spread the word. So while while we didn't break the record, um, and and there's definitely time for us to do that, we we definitely we we achieved our probably primary objective, and that was to raise money and awareness for two amazing charities, and and to do that. So I mean. Let's talk about let's talk about the ride because I'm very aware that we we, we, we are a, a cycling uh, <laughs> podcast. Um, so run us through the rough. That's what I want to say. It was rough. <laughs> you weren't even riding. <laughs> it was it was rough though, wasn't it? We had we we had a great crew though. That's I, I think that was the thing that that really bonded me. All of us guys uh, are probably going to be very good friends for life now um but could you remember i i still remember about five o'clock in the morning santa monica pier pitch black with uh and, and standing there with that cop as well the cop who was like why have you driven down to the pier <laughs> <laughs> what let's talk about that what what was going through your head the whole time i was riding a bike what was the most memorable moment um it was that sense of we're doing something right i mean it, it's mm. it's that excitement okay you know what is over the next leg we are going to deal with some challenges. What are those challenges going to be? Can we overcome them? 
you know, and I thought to myself, and you know this, that no matter what came in front of us, we were, we were going to overcome it. I had that philosophy, that mentality of what are we going to do if we can't find a rest stop? What are we going to do if I can't find you with the right food? What, you know, all of that stuff, what are we going to do if you get hurt? What are you going to do if we get sick? Um, you know, because, you know, we had one of our, our crew guys that was sick and I was thinking, okay, how can we not have this effect have, right? And he was willing to go to the hotel room, you know, and sleep there. That way you wouldn't get the germs. But that was my philosophy is, okay, this is, we're riding here for PAV. Everybody support and, and let's, you know, do the best we can. I knew that there was going to be hurdles and hiccups. There always is going to be. But if we, if we planned as best we could, then we could get through this. Yeah, absolutely. And there is, that's a good point, isn't it? Louis was very sick that first <laughs> few days. <laughs> he was he, very he, sick. You yeah. know, what made it worse was he wanted to ride that first day. And I, I get it. Everybody wanted to ride with you that first day. Everybody was so excited. You know, Luis gets off the RV, off the airport, into the RV, off the RV, puts his bike together, and now is riding with you, right? And that just took its toll. Mm. He probably should have rested that night. And I mean, Luis is a great guy. Don't get me wrong. He, he, he got caught up in the excitement. He probably should have rested that night, and he probably would have been fine the next day. But I think just that whole toll of flying and traveling, and, but the excitement of wanting to get on the bike, you know, with you, you know? Yeah, no, that's it's very true. That's because uh, that was the thing as well, wasn't it? Because he got on at that point, and then Alan went on to the the end, and then rode back down. So we kind yeah, of had almost down. everybody on the bike uh, riding at nine o'clock at night, wasn't it? After I'd ridden two hundred and fifty miles, <laughs> and uh, and yeah, it was uh, it was a long day. But wasn't that it was. great motivation seeing those smiling faces? It was it was a pleasure to ride with everybody. Yeah, no, I, I honestly, honestly, it was uh, well, a hundred percent. I wouldn't have done it. No, I, 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 I wouldn't I, have got as far as I did. So, but but yeah, it's 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 very interesting, isn't it? And then what what about what about day two? Day two, which was probably the beginning of the end of it, wasn't it? When I when I stacked it, I uh, I twisted my ankle in uh, walking around the bridges. It was. Uh, do you think we yeah. should? What do you think? Do you think it was in hindsight should have we taken the longer route and uh, and gone on back onto the interstate? Honestly, in hindsight, we should have had some tennis shoes for you or flip flops. Yeah, I mean, that's, that yeah. would have been the easiest thing. You know, take off your cycling shoes, put some shoes on, walk across the broken, you know, bridge, riverbed, and, and it probably wouldn't have happened. Yeah. Um, it's yeah. just, you know, day two, we were still in the excitement mode. And I don't think, I knew I didn't want you riding any farther than you had to. Because uh, riding around that would have, would have probably been about 40 more miles. Yeah, I agree. Um, yeah, I just think next time, you know, once again, it's just one of these things, you know, have some flip flops in the back of your jersey for incidents like this or stop. Let's, you know, put some tennis shoes on, then put the shoes in the back of pack pocket. And then when I come back around, I take the shoes away. I mean, it just yeah. little stuff like that. Yeah, absolutely. For those for those people who are kind of wondering what the heck we're going on about here is um, on, on Route 66 day two, we were literally there's um, through Armboy and out towards um, Arizona through the Mojave Desert. There's uh, a lot of old bridges on Route 66, which the California just aren't repairing or they're repairing them at such a slow rate. They're just they're falling away. Now, there was maybe 10 bridges which the car couldn't drive over but could drive around because of the dry riverbed but um every single one of those i could i could safely ride a bike on apart from one of them and uh that one where i i started to walk around it that bearing in mind it's a, it's a rocky rocky bed so you uh very unstable as soon as i put my foot down i just twisted my ankle and uh 
And I didn't say anything actually at the start because I was like, well, that's interesting. But I was like, I hope this doesn't come back to bite me. And then I think we took my my sock off and my shoe off that evening. (laughs) And my ankle was absolutely huge, wasn't it? And I think Thomas, who was our physio, uh, he didn't say anything, but I could see the look on his face. And it was a look of like doom, wasn't it? It was like, but but having said that, I rode on. We we K-taped it up and I didn't flex that ankle, which was obviously the the biggest problem that, that, that came to the head like a week later after riding nearly. 2000 miles was just that it, that the ankle was forcing my my leg to pedal in a, in a manner which it it, it it would cause some sort of injury and then i, I just pulled the muscle in, in or elongated the muscle in uh, in my sort of uh, left thigh thigh and um and that was it but we got to see an incredible amount of the countryside didn't we a lot of the country oh, yeah. we, we rolled through and uh um, it, it was a it was a really really beautiful uh, beautiful journey. Even though I was I was cursing a bit. <laughs> <laughs> I could tell. Trust me, I, I could tell. Bad moments, you know. And you know, it's just like day three. I think it was. You were just tired of those granola bars. Yeah, that was. I think that's one of the things we also said, wasn't it? Was that we were missing out was uh, a nutritionist or a chef. Now there is uh, we, we just kind of, the, the, as we said, that the, the support crew was kind of hobbled together, wasn't it? It was like, we, yeah. we did what we could because it was blown apart in the last month. So uh, while I obviously forever grateful for everybody that, that did that, I think one of the learnings that we'll have is we'll definitely bring a, a chef or a nutritionist because um, I, I certainly, I prepared as best as I could knowing that this would happen, but it was, uh, it was batch cooking a lot of these, uh, um, protein or nutrition granola bars, flapjacks for those in the UK, uh, simple recipe made out of just seeds and oats and, uh, uh, and then dried fruit and stuff like that, dark chocolate. You can put anything you want in there, and it's very good, and it kept me going, but uh, it's it's really hard to eat, like, six of those. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and then look to eat other things. So we ended up we ended up eating quite some, some funny stuff. But actually, one of the successes we found was beef jerky, wasn't it? Because that's yes, a, con- yes. a consistent throughout the United States is that you could get a good beef jerky, which will uh, will fuel me. So we ate a lot of that, and uh, I think that that's and, probably one of the biggest things will change. And Luis made those go out guacamole uh, sandwiches for you. Oh yeah, we had and the seed butter sandwiches. Yeah, yeah. it's uh, all about it's all about the seed butter sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So I guess um, what was your highlight of it? Um, my highlight was probably the diner in Arizona, and the reason why we were kind of all on a high. We were, you know, feeling good. You were feeling good. So that made me and Thomas feel good. Um, and just enjoying that breakfast that we had, um, and knowing that, you know, we had gotten through some of the hardest terrain, right? California, hot, nasty, yeah. um, and Arizona. And we were getting up into the, the Flagstaff area. Um, and just the camaraderie that we had, you know, it was just, you know, it was bliss. Um, just sitting there, you know, getting ready to go. Of course, I had to do some fixes on your bike, but um, it was just, that was my happy. <laughs> yeah, no, I agree. And I know I, I can speak for Thomas. Um, I, I, he'll agree that the hungry man breakfast is what he does, <laughs> doesn't it? It was his highlight. I think at that point, we kind of, 
we kind of uh, identified that the record was going to get broken, um, but if I finished, of course, but it wasn't going to get quite as smashed as we wanted it to. I think there's a few things uh, uh, that the, the, the road, the state of the road in California left me with injuries on day one, didn't it really to my, right. to my, my, my butt and then my hands and my feet recovered. Actually, I remember my feet recovering, but my hands just never recovered. And I, I rode sort of 2000 miles with, swollen really busted up hands um and it was very hard to to grip anything or anything like that as it was sit down on a saddle which um obviously when when my leg went that was the hardest thing because I could no longer stand out of the saddle to uh to alleviate that so it was it was kind of a, it was a funny thing wasn't it we were we were kind of medicating me to my my injuries and we would have been okay I mean god knows what we were doing to my gut but but we we could have finished <laughs> um we could have finished with the injuries think, you know I also think you know we we got past the two hardest days that we felt that was going to be um and and it was almost like okay now we're clicking you know now we can you know the the excitement and the newness has kind of passed but now we're clicking and we can actually okay this is attainable you know we can really do this now that you know because none of us met anybody before that saturday right i mean we were just all thrown together i remember picking up thomas going to get a rice cooker and his bike flying off the back of my car (laughs) i'm thinking i just met this man and now his bike is broke yeah, um, it was so, a specialized anyway, so it doesn't matter. Yeah. Does it? <laughs> <laughs> I'm only kidding. Love special. We love the special. Uh, but I just felt like at that moment, it was like, okay, we can we can really do this. Um, everything started clicking. The, the team was clicking better, and we knew, you know, food and and laundry. Um, we were all kind of because there's there's a lot of stuff that got, that you know people don't realize that you know we were having to do like wash your bike at. 10 30 at night in the dark and you yeah. know it was just do minor the, repairs and adjustments and things like that because yeah, yeah I, mean, I mean that's the thing isn't it you do a you do a 200 a double century even a century ride most people who do a century ride you're probably going to get some sort of minor bike mechanical i mean it might not be something that causes you to stop but it might be something that you need to fix before your next ride for example just realigning your gears because the gear cable is stretched or your, your brakes are rubbing or something like that and uh, we, we were doing in excess of 200 miles every day and uh, and that yeah and I that mean, really took its toll on the bike didn't it yeah and even the red clay that you had to drive through oh, it was I mean, crazy it, wasn't it yeah yeah i mean yeah, that, but that's just the little things that you know that we were having to do i was you know and, and it, it it wasn't bad it was just we understood now what we were having to do and okay everybody was on board you know that's that's when i think it kind of clicked was day three i, I think day three i I remember, I do think that was my favorite day. I think that's the one that I remember the the fondest because we had we did we had that really good ride. I mean, aside from the fact, actually, let's not let's touch on the fact that I when we rode into Flagstaff, we were going up the up the mountain into Flagstaff, and they were doing the road work, and a yeah. three lane interstate was pushed down to one lane and then the uh the the shoulder was reduced from say your sort of standard three foot or more to about one foot so i had to ride up this mountain with like articulated lorries coming up like past me and 
everybody was very patient but at the same time it was it was one of those moments where we pulled over a couple of times and i was like geez this is really scary because i could reach out and i could touch all of the the lorries the trucks that are coming past me and uh, and then and then it started to contra flow into the other other lane and the other the oncoming traffic didn't it and that's when there was no yeah. shoulder and that's when we sort of stopped and i was like well i can't i can't ride with no shoulder so we were we just sort of rode down where the road work was because they they'd finished enough of the road for us to ride down there nobody seemed to care at all did they but but no. after that was it was where we because the desert was just so hard California and Arizona was like the Arizona Mojave Desert was just so hard. Oatman was beautiful, but I didn't enjoy a second of that because it was 40 plus degrees Celsius uh, and the Fahrenheit, obviously in the hundreds. And that, and that's for September. And there's we had, we had the guys chasing me in the car and it was, I think I was doing like 500 to 700 milliliters of, of water every half an hour. I was literally like using my sprues just to try and cool down. And I, I remember the heavens opening and us getting wet, really wet for a little bit at the end of stage two. And it was the best feeling ever. And uh, I think to get up and then, to, to have that issue into at Flagstaff and then then sit down and have the meal and then we had that tailwind the whole way on the interstate yeah. and what was it we did over a hundred miles on the interstate that day didn't we a one go and um, Thomas had three punctures and I blew open a uh, a tubular tire on the debris and uh, but w- once we got off of that and we were heading towards Petrified Forest uh, National Park we. Uh, it was really like Middle America Route 66, wasn't it? It was rustic. It was stunning. It was small bridges. And you could really feel what that the mother road was like, uh, like 50 years ago, before the interstate highway was there. And that was really, really good for me. I think mentally that was a real good boost. Yeah, because, I mean, then, you know, going into New Mexico, you were around the trees. Yeah, we you had to deal with some rain. Um you know, then you went through Albuquerque and then you went through I forget, the little small town in the hill with the uh, little UFO signs, you know, Madrid, uh, Madrid. Yeah, Madrid. Mm. Um, so that was that was really cool. That area, I will have to admit. Absolutely. I mean, that 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 was really good. That was a weird one, though, wasn't it? And this is probably the reason why we're going to scrap the um, America, the uh, ACA's Route 66, Bicycle Route 66, because it took us on that, I guess it was a 100, 150 mile detour to Santa Fe, wasn't it? And um, and that would that took us through Madrid, I believe. And, yeah, yeah. And it was, it was really beautiful. It was really good to see. And I think that a, a part of Route 66 had done that at some point, but actually realistically we what we're doing is adding adding stuff to to the to the journey so i think that that's where we kind of were like yeah we're, we're gonna we're gonna just scrap that following a consistent route and just focus on following route 66 as best as possible um from sort of the the los angeles to chicago or, or vice versa because it's it's worth us pointing out that while we're talking about all of the good times and yes it was really it was good we had some from from stage three all the way through to to sort of uh, Oklahoma we were having a, a great time and it was I think that I always had my eye on that stage I think it was stage eight and it was the profile of the stage looked like someone had drawn a line at the top of a mountain to the bottom of a mountain of course there's a lot of lumps in between but actually <laughs> it was an it was a negative one of the only days where we had like a true negative uh, climbing so we descended like the majority of the day and uh, I had had my eye on that because I knew for two reasons that my ment- mentally this was my markers. And I think this is probably a bit where I came undone as well, was that 
I knew that this day would be easy and I knew from then on we would start to turn and head more north and that would be a real big like getting getting to that finishing hurdle that finishing straight as you will is so important for me and I'm sure a lot of people can relate once I get to a certain mental marker I know I'm not going to quit I know I'm not because uh, because I know that I've come far enough and it's easier for me to finish than quit and uh that day was hell. It really was. It was horrible because that we had that headwind from the, I forget the storm's name, the hurricane that was touching the East Coast, but it turned the, the normal westerly, the wind that blows from, from pretty much following Route 66 from, from Santa Monica all the way to Chicago and then obviously across the Atlantic. But but it, it turned that around on itself and it only happens once every five, four or five years on, on usually. And uh, this year was, or last year was one of those uh, one of those years so we we hit we hit a, a headwind and that, that was a slow horrible day for me and it was it that i think that destroyed me mentally and i that if it wasn't for like especially a few chats that we had and then uh, i would have probably just quit but i remember us uh getting into camp that that evening and then the next day um really struggling along and that's about about lunchtime i think on uh, stage eight so i think the oklahoma stage was stage seven so stage eight was where my um my leg started to to hurt and uh, obviously yeah by by middle of the day stage 9 we knew it was game over but uh, what a what a what a story right and and you know if you if you don't mind me opening this up but you know i i saw something you on stage 7 and you know that headwind was was killing you i mean mm-hmm. you could just see it in your face you weren't saying pleasant words either and you're like is this <laughs> headwind ever going to stop is this headwind ever going to stop but I remember, I don't remember the town, but I remember you stopping and sitting on the ground and saying, I'm done. And I remember leaning over to you and saying, you know, you can do this, you know. And I don't know if, and we never talked about this, but I don't know if your knee was was a big factor in your head at that time or if it was later on that night. But I knew that if I could get you up and get you back on that bike, that we could finish that night. And And at that time, I was just looking at, trying to motivate you enough just to get through the day. Cause I knew that, that you were in a lot of pain. Um, I knew that you were suffering. Um, but my only goal at that moment was just to get you back on that bike and finish the night and then, you know, see what happens the next day. But unfortunately, you know, accumulating that with, we had some miscommunication about the rest, you know, where, where I was going to park the RV and, and all that kind of stuff, which made it five miles off the path, which at that time I knew your knee was hurting really bad. So then it was a little, you were really upset. So it kind of um, became a mental game, I guess you could say at that night. Uh, What do you, I mean, what's your thought about that, about your knee and and hurting that day? Yeah, no, totally. I I think I remember because it was, it was coming into Oklahoma city, wasn't it? Where I was fine. And that was stage eight, if I remember rightly, um, because my gear cable snapped. Um, yeah, and I had morning. to get that fixed in Tulsa. So that was Tulsa. The next day. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So we were. That's right, because we were we were heading towards Tulsa. Um, that was the the final big city of the day, wasn't it? So whatever the city was before, which was Oklahoma City, isn't it? Oklahoma City, yeah. then Tulsa. So it was. We were in Oklahoma City, and I felt great. And we'd swap bikes because uh, the gear cable had snapped, and I felt great on the Madone, and uh, was having a lot of fun because we had gone from the 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 Damani, which was set up for comfort with its thirty twos and the tubeless on, and 
that's a, a slow bike when it's fit, even even with the aero bars. And I jumped on my Madone and it was really fast and it was a, a total different machine and it really picked me up a lot. But uh, it was it was later on that about sort of as we were leaving out there, we were going through these sort of busy country roads and, and around like the, everything. And uh, and that's when, it yeah, just above my knee, the, the muscle started to ache and um and i think that i was still at that point feeling quite good and we i was con- i was concerned but i wasn't too bothered but it was as later as the day got and it was that little that we had that we had the problem where the car blew a tire didn't we um and you had to get yeah. that fixed so you brought the bike as... back yeah that's right. right you brought the bike back and then instantly you had to take the car to get that fixed and this is where it kind of unraveled a little bit because you were having to play back foot and i think then we had the miscommunication about where we're going to to park and that's where you're right that evening it was uh, off piste and uh and my leg by that time was hurting very badly and I was just uh, I was kind of just really stressed out. And I think and that was no and obviously that's just one of those one of those like little little mishaps that came at the wrong time um, for the record, but but potentially came at the right time to save my leg. I mean, without being a drama right. queen, uh, we, we knew and we did uh, the day and day nine. We, we sat down and we took time and we we spoke to a, a couple of physios and, and, and got the, the professional opinion about my leg. And it was it was stop now and it was Louise actually Louise said to me something that was the most powerful and he he said that if if the roles were reversed and I was standing in as the support crew as a coach to one of my clients who was doing this and he had described his issue with his leg uh, how it was would I recommend that he continued and I, I said flat out instantly no there's no way I would want anybody to continue knowing how much pain and it was a different kind of pain it was that pain where you know that it's something that's wrong not just like an ache where my hands and my bum were aching it was a real real horrible pain and uh, I think that and that was it so I mean potentially we could look at it as the negative but we could say actually that little mishap in terms of us having to go off, off the route and uh, to for on that night actually probably did do enough damage to my mental state that I, I would have quit the next day if we had if we had carried on I mean I could have maybe finished stage nine but God knows how long that would take me to recover maybe there's even lasting damage so I'm I'm 100% certain we made the right call to call it there and it was just it was a shame because obviously we'd all given up so much but but like I said at the beginning I mean we we while we weren't successful breaking the record we could we could come back and we will do in 2020 and uh, but we were successful in raising a lot of money on awareness and i i know that given we can provide a platform prove that the platform we can we can do more of that and and beat the record in 2020 so i i guess what's going to be the top sort of three things that we're going to do differently chris next year um one i think is in the most important um food i mean that is your number one thing because you don't want to stop eating something because not, not that it's not good for you, but because you're tired of it. Right. I mean, day three, you were tired yeah. of, of your stuff. So if we could, you know, actually have some, some decent food ready, you know, possibly pre prep prep, but um, that way we know exactly what we're eating every night or you're eating every night. Um, and, and just not get a bowl. And we, we, I remember going to Sam's club and just get bananas and rice and, you know, all this other kind of bulk stuff, you know, and maybe just sit down maybe a week before and pre-make it. That way we just, you know, heat it up. Um, but it still be good for you. 
because you know you need the calories. I mean that that's the biggest thing is you need good, wholesome calories. You know, in the vegetables and all that kind of stuff. And I was just basically piecing stuff together for all of us to eat. Uh, but I think that would be the number one thing is sit down and, you know, figure out, okay, what are we going to eat every day um, and have more of a plan of attack and have uh, different things to eat while you're writing so that you're not eating the same thing over and over and over again. Um, and then two, probably the route, because I know that you had planned on staying at all these different locations. But what we found out is sometimes it's just not feasible to make it there because of yeah. the weather or or, you know, the wind or, or that kind of stuff. And, and I guess, you know, look at the map and go, OK, this is 200 miles. Can we make it here? Yeah. But let's let's do backup plans. You know, yeah. let's not make reservations. Let's just do backup plans. And if we have to park on the side of the road at some Walmart somewhere, let's do that. I mean, we had fully accessible RV with, you know, uh, propane and we could cook everything right there and we could have the air conditioner going on because of the generator. So we were very self-sufficient. So absolutely, we don't need to be tied. It's nice to have an RV spot um, to do some laundry and stuff. Um, but we, we don't need to be tied to a specific spot anymore. No, absolutely. Um, and I think that, like you said, that it was day three, wasn't it? Close of day three, where we lost the most amount of time because we got to Petrified National Forest and it was shut, wasn't it? Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> I mean, none, none of us had thought that, though. But yeah, national parks obviously have an opening and closing time. And uh, it was cold and it was dark. And while we could have ridden through, what, is it 25, 30 miles from end to end? But having a mechanical fifteen miles in would have been would have been very dangerous. I mean, we probably would have, would have been calling <laughs> calling the police to let us out. I mean, we would have had probably like uh, fire yeah. or somebody coming in because we wouldn't have got. You can't get a car in. We couldn't get the, no. the Meg, the RV, and the Meg. We love the, the Meg. Thanks to Road Shark RV, obviously, who yeah, awesome. lent us the awesome. Meg, and we're, we're hoping that they're they're going to be supporting in twenty twenty two, and we're hoping we'll get two off of them, which will be incredible because I think that that's something that. Um, maybe that's the third thing that we can say after after the route. But uh, the the third thing that we'd do is uh, have a, have more space probably because it was uh, it was very hard. I mean, while I was uh, I did get some good sleep, it was obviously um, difficult for us all to uh, be sort of synergistic in terms of like we'd have you maybe doing laundry late or fixing the bike or cleaning it, and then some of the guys wouldn't be wanting to get up in the morning, but my alarm would go off at like. 4:30 or whatever it was and and we'd all have to wake up and i think that having two and uh, of course now I, I saw and i spoke to the guys at road shark rv and they uh um they've just fitted uh their fleet with uh solar panels as well so oh wow uh, awesome. absolutely yeah so even less of a reason to have to stop obviously we still have to dump everything but um yeah absolutely that was a real eye-opener for me because that was just a bit of planning where i was maybe a bit naive in thinking that we would be able to stick to an exact uh, timetable as it were and it's just it's not feasible is it it's not it's not possible so. no and, and you know the other thing is you know on the flip side of that if you were flying we wouldn't want to stop right if you felt good after 250 miles and you know the wind was at your back and you're like it's you know the sun's not down let's let's do some more miles right let's let's catch up on this because we may you know fall back on one of the other you know stages you know and and then that we would have the flexibility to do that but also with the two rvs it would give us a chance to set up one RV at night so that when you rolled into camp at night, everything would be ready for you. And then two, the other RV, you know, we could at every 50 miles, which I think helped 
when we finally started doing that, every 50 miles, you knew there was an RV there where you could sit down for a minute or, you know, go to the bathroom or, or whatever, you know, and, you know, after 50 miles, 50 miles, 50 miles, you knew the food was there ready for you prepare, be prepared. And you weren't having to look for some cup of coffee in some roadside cafe, um, you know, that kind of thing. So I think two RVs would be beneficial, obviously. Um, and then of course the chase car. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that that was that's the ideal setup, isn't it? We spoke about maybe having a, a motorbike or something like that, but um, we, we we definitely I think it, it's going to be bigger, it's going to be better, it's going to be uh, it's going to be incredible in twenty twenty. We're really going to to throw everything behind it, and we're we're lucky enough at Spokes to now be. Um, uh, GCN events coaching partner so I'm, I'm gonna we'll, we'll be sort of pushing them towards hopefully giving us a bit of exposure which will hopefully bring in a, a lot more corporate sponsorship and that's where the, the money really is isn't it it's very grateful to everybody that donated uh, uh, oh. anything that they had but uh, yeah we, we, we need a, a, a business or businesses to come in and uh, be uh, be sponsors and that's where we'll really make a difference to the, the people that really need it so we kind of circle back around here and I'm, I'm glad because what, what I want to leave everybody, like I said at the beginning, I want to leave everybody with um, some maybe top tips for um, what to do if uh, if you're feeling depressed or you just uh, like, what what would you be? What, what works for you, Chris? Um, two things. First of all, um, just getting on that bike. I mean, getting on that bike and, and maybe not, you don't have to push yourself, but do some miles, you know, explore. I think... When you explore different roads or, for instance, I have a hill over here at uh, Lake Las Vegas. Um, I just go, okay, I'm going to go crush this hill today. You know, I'm, I'm going to do my personal best on Strava. And it gets your mind off of what you're stressed about or, or anxious about. And, and I suffer from anxiety, too. Um, but that's the best medicine. I mean, it's just getting out and doing some kind of exercise to get your mind off of it. And then, two, um, talking to somebody about it. I mean, that's. That's ultimately the number one thing that I know as far as America, that people don't want to tell people that they have depression or anxiety because they're they're afraid that people are going to look at you funny. Um, But that's what we're here for. I mean, I've had issues before where I've texted you and said, man, this this isn't a good day. Um, You know, and and I I felt better just by texting you and letting you know, hey, I'm, I'm having some struggles. You don't exactly have to, you know, text me back by saying, hey, you need to do this, this and this. All you did is say, hey, I'm here for you. Right. And that that helps 100 percent. You don't know how, how much that really helps somebody. Yeah, no, I completely agree. That, I mean, I, I couldn't I couldn't really add to what you've just said there. I think that you've you've summed it up perfectly. I, I mean, you don't have to be training at all to to enjoy a bike ride sometimes just if just putting your garmin wahoo or whatever computer you use in in your jersey pocket and just going out for a little ride even if it's 30 minutes just to to free your mind uh is is so liberating just like meditation and uh yeah i i completely agree pick up the phone send a text just and it is it's not necessarily asking for advice or even needing the advice it's it's just it's writing down your problems because it's i just feel like our brains are hardwired to ignore 
the issues in in terms of when they're in our head we just don't we don't necessarily know how to diagnose or uh solve the problem but as soon as you write it down and you can visualize it and you can be like man i'm having a really low day i feel terrible i don't want to get on the bike i'm going to text my buddy chris and i'm just going to say here's here's how it is man and as soon as you send that text it's almost like wow that cloud is it's getting a bit the, the clouds dissipating the sunny sky is coming back everything's starting to feel really good again and uh it's 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 very it's very powerful um communication and i think that Yes, as men, we're probably very guilty of not being good communicators, or a lot of us are terrible communicators, either through our egos not wanting to make us like feel like we're weak or or whatever like that. And I just feel like you just at that time you just need to put that aside and just be like, hey, here's how it is. I am human. I am allowed to have flaws. It doesn't define me. What it does is it actually is an opportunity for me to become a stronger person. I, I think that that's that's the thing. So I think that anybody that's listening to this, even it, whether or not you consider yourself to be somebody who has ever struggled with depression or whether you just have bad days, do you know what? I'm sure your best friend, your family, your wife, husband, son, daughter, mother or th- father would love to just receive that text to just check in and be like, hey, I'm having a bad day. You don't have to respond, but I need to just get this off my chest. And once you do, then I'm sure your mind will feel really free and you can get out on the bike, crush that Strava segment, you know, just do whatever <laughs> it's going to do uh, to, to make you feel all that much better and i think that those two things if we can get the world on a bicycle and the world communicating we'll just be a such a better place so uh, i think chris on that i think we're gonna we'll, we'll wrap it up because i don't think we could end the podcast any better than that i would just like to say um it's been an absolute pleasure i've been i've been really excited to have you on uh, on and um, be spoke because uh just because of how our bond but also i just know that there's going to be a lot of listeners out there that are going to really resonate with this and they're going to take it away and they're going to hopefully action it and hopefully we'll get a lot of people texting us in or leaving us a comment or a review just to say that this is how this has worked uh obviously everybody listening don't forget to subscribe we're on uh, uh podbean itunes spotify uh we're on all the good big ones and uh just subscribe like leave us a review and uh most importantly enjoy your cycling and uh, and communicate so chris thank you very much it's been an absolute thank pleasure you. We'll catch up again soon. Uh, well, oh, yes. absolutely. We, uh, it's been an honour to have you on. And uh, let me let me tell you, I think Noel and I, I was, we, we were talking about coming and seeing seeing you uh, uh, soon as well. So we will have to do that. Um, thank you very much, my man. It's been a pleasure. And uh, thanks to the listeners. Have a good afternoon. <laughs>